Welcome to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Your host, Jesse Jameson, has a real treat for you. You are about to hear a great story. And if Jesse brings his A-game, some good commentary too. And later on, we'll let you know how you can join Jesse as a guest. Now, without further ado, here's Jesse. Welcome back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. So like I promised, this episode is about Kaizen. So let's give it a name, Jesse from Phoenix, one day at a time. So Kaizen is the thought that everything you can do in small increments to create a goal, such as a better you. So let's take a bodybuilder, for example, a Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno type. They're huge. They look like balls of muscle, right, basically? That didn't sound right, but they look like muscles all over. You know, you know what I'm talking about, but it didn't happen overnight. It was a small process that steadily happened where Arnold and Lou went from, you know, average size to above average to all of a sudden they were muscular and above average. And then all of a sudden they slowly but surely became superstars in the bodybuilding forum of the world. Last week's show, The 20 Shoes, was about minimalism. And it was about how, because I didn't have any money and I still enjoyed shopping, I found out that by going to Goodwill, I could still get my shopping fix and I could save a ton of money and I could slowly but surely get a bunch of outfits to the point where I had a wardrobe that was much better than I even had when I was making really excellent money. And I was slowly able to save money, have a better wardrobe, get a lot more confidence, and ultimately just enjoy life more. And so this series is about Kaizen, and I want to intertwine it a little bit with last week's show on minimalism. So when I ended last week's show, I started talking about watches. I had shoes of every color. I had clothing of every color, and I decided that I wanted to accessorize by purchasing a watch. And so my first watch that I bought was a Seiko 5, and it had a gold face, and it was a metal bracelet, and it had really good loom. So you have it on during the day, it gets a little sunlight, it gets a little house light, right? And then all of a sudden you go outside at night and it glows green. So while it looks gold during the day, it looks like this lit up green factory at night. And I, and I loved it. And so after I got that, I decided I wanted to get an Orient watch, which was a brown faced, really beautiful Orient three star, uh, inexpensive. It was only like 75, 80 bucks. Um, but it just looked like a great second watch. And I had all these clothes of these different colors. So I slowly but surely got a blue-faced watch and a black-faced watch and a uh, purple-faced watch and a red-faced watch. Basically, all the colors you can imagine to the point where now I have around 17 or 18 watches to go with my 18 or 19 shoes to go with my, uh, you know, really huge uh, amount of shirts and, and, and clothing and outfits. And... I told you last week that I think that one of the things that you can do to start your day would be to make your bed. And that is something that I kind of derived from Kaizen. 
And the way I found out about Kaizen was really innocent enough. I was watching my YouTube stream of videos that, you know, YouTube recommends I check out every day. And there was one on Kaizen and self-improvement. And it was describing how through very tiny, minute steps, you can, over the course of time, basically multiply those steps into something much bigger. So imagine my situation. I was a mess. I was broke. I uh, was kind of losing hope. It looked like I was in a situation that where for the next decade, I was going to be in really abject poverty. And I just didn't even want to have to think about that. But that's just, it is what it is. And all of a sudden, I watched these Kaizen videos and I decided, hey, I want to implement them. So I'm going to share with you how I implemented them along with minimalism. And ultimately, next week, I'll go into stoicism and how I use that with the other two techniques to create a really fun version of life that I enjoy. Um, So by starting by making your bed, it creates something interesting your room automatically looks nicer. I mean, it could be a tornado. It could be a whirlwind. It could have, you could have a bunch of junk. Your room could be an absolute mess, right? But if your room's a mess and your bed is made, it just looks somewhat cleaner. (laughs) I don't know why, but it does, right? So I told you last week that if you have that old paint by numbers at the top of your closet and it's brand new, still in the wrapper, but you haven't used it for three or four years, that it's basically the equivalent of a piece of trash that's just sitting in your closet or in your top drawer and to get rid of it. Well, that's kind of where where Kaizen took place as well. What I wanted to do was I wanted to get out of debt. I wanted to still be able to enjoy life. And one of the things that I enjoyed was shopping. And so I told you last week how I started shopping at Goodwill, was able to get some really, really cool outfits for really, really pennies on the dollar and really, really get out of debt slowly but surely. And I started making my bed uh, first thing in the morning. And uh, it's pretty easy to make your bed, right? You just, you know, try to fold up the the blankets and the sheets. And then, of course, you know, you set the pillows up on the top uh, towards the, uh, you know, head of the bed. And you just try to be consistent with it. Are there days where I don't make my bed? Yes, to be honest with you right now, it's not made, but I'm going to be getting ready to go to bed soon, so I'm not too, too worried about it, right? But I made my bed. I started getting rid of all the paint-by-numbers. I'm just using that as an example. Basically, I got rid of all my junk, and I did the same for my car, and that was all one step at a time. The first step, like I told you last week, was I decided that I wasn't going to eat in my bed anymore, or in my uh, car anymore. So I stopped eating in the car. And what that created was a car that just naturally smelt better and looked better because now there was no McDonald's cups, there was no Burger King napkins, there was no Taco Bell bags. And if you eat in your car, there's probably at least sometimes during each month where you do have those articles littering your car. In addition to that, I didn't want to keep any socks or shirts or shorts in the back of the car or any loose papers. So I literally cleaned the car and I've kept it that way for the last handful of years, right? And it creates a car that on the outside might occasionally be dirty because, you know, we have a lot of dust where I live in Arizona and a lot of particulates. 
but the inside almost always looks clean simply because of the fact that it's barren of articles of clothing and, and litter and trash and such, right? And then I took that same aspect into my room, started getting rid of all the excess clutter that I didn't need. And what I noticed was it kind of lifted a little stress off my shoulders because I had always told myself, my God, my room's a mess or my God, this car's a joke, how dirty it is, I need to clean it. And so I was always kind of putting myself down with how my car and how my room looked and how my house looked ultimately. And ultimately I was able to slowly but surely clean all those up. But what it started with was I'm gonna make my bed in the morning and I'm going to um, you know, keep my car clean of fast food. That turned into not only am I gonna keep it clean of fast food, but I'm gonna keep my dirty laundry out of the car and keep it in the dirty clothes where it belongs and ultimately clean it regularly, which is something we also kind of don't do, right? When we're a mess, I've seen a lot of guys, especially that'll wear a shirt and pants that look so wrinkled, you can just tell they pulled it out of the dirty clothes. They probably did the sniff test and okay, they're not too gross. I think I'll make do and wear them. Well, if you can get on a pattern of every Saturday morning or every Sunday evening, I'm gonna do my load of laundry for the week so I can stay on top of having clean clothes. That also makes a room look nicer. And I told you last week that I started buying clothes of various colors from shirts down to pants, including ties and shorts and everything in between. And to be a minimalist, you wanna get rid of clutter. So what I started doing is for every new shirt that I brought in, I would get rid of an older shirt to the point where now even my worst of t-shirts is actually a pretty nice new looking t-shirt and um, at, on and some of my best shirts just absolutely look brand new like I've never worn them and I'll be honest the last year and a half has been dominated by COVID so in some cases I actually haven't had a chance to wear some of my clothing but that's okay I, I, I can't wait to you know obviously get out there I got my second vaccine shot about two weeks ago so uh, I am free to go back out to the casino and such and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, going out and having fun. And I'm sure we all are, if you aren't uh, already. So I ultimately started getting rid of the old clothes to the point where even now, when I go and get something new or get uh, a new shirt or, or even a used shirt from Goodwill, I will get rid of an old shirt just so I don't add uh, to the clutter aspect of you know my wardrobe. Um, I also started, as I told you last week, started walking to the Goodwill. It's about one mile away, so a round trip is about a two-mile walk. But I don't stop there. What I do is after I make my bed in the morning, I will walk to work, and I work from home. So how do you do that? Well, you basically take a walk around the block, and that might be a 10-minute walk, and then you go to work. And then through Kaizen, which is small improvements, right? We're gonna create a 12 minute walk out of that 10 minute walk. And we're slowly gonna create a 15 or 20 minute walk out of that 12 minute walk. And then we're ultimately gonna to get to the point where it's nothing for us to take a 45 minute to a one hour walk. And we're gonna to walk to work every day. So if your shift starts at seven o'clock and you actually have to travel, 
try to wake up at a little bit early so you can take a half hour walk from 6 to 6.30 before you get in your car and travel. And if you're lucky like me and have a position where you can work from home, well, that's even nicer. Now you can wake up a little bit later, but still take that half hour to 45 minute walk around the block before you come home and start your shift. So what does that do? Well, if you're like me and you take a daily walk to the store, it saves a lot of wear and tear on your vehicle. I take a weekly walk to the Goodwill to take a look at clothing. Once again, it saves gas and wear and tear on the vehicle. And uh, perhaps more importantly, it helps me lose weight. I told you last week that I had started gaining weight, eating a lot of ramen noodles at the beginning of the uh, stay-at-home order here in Arizona. And uh, slowly but surely, I was able to, through Kaizen, to give up sugars. Well, how did you do that, Jesse? Well, originally, I gave up soda. And then I gave up Powerades and Gatorades. And then I gave up juices, right? And I just got to the point where ultimately it was just basically water. And since I wasn't uh, drinking soda anymore, I slowly but surely gave up on the candy bars and the cookies and the donuts too. And that had an amazing effect because when you start walking, drinking water, and then uh, not eating sugar, you can go from 198 pounds like I was uh, down to 160 pounds in about three or four months, depending on, you know, your body type, obviously. But if you're all of a sudden exercising every day and eating better than you ever have simply by avoiding sugars like you never did in the past, um, it's really amazing how much weight you can, you can lose. So all of a sudden, now, I'm not only saving money through minimalism, I'm not only enjoying shopping more because now I get a huge selection at really incredibly low prices and there's no competition because believe it when I tell you, I'm about one of about 12 or 13 people in the Goodwill. It's not like there's a bunch of cool kids there competing for the shirts with me, right? So it's something that I know a lot of people aren't taking advantage of. And Goodwill is one of these stores that you know, it seems like there's about a dozen in my area, and I'm sure wherever you're listening uh, to this from, there's probably dozens in your area as well. So you could literally have fun and go to a different Goodwill, you know, every time you choose to go out to one. And again, you can still do minimalism without Goodwill. It's just basically saying, hey, I don't need that new purse. I don't need that, you know, next new Apple phone. I don't need another laptop computer. I don't need to go out to eat dinner, you know, at a restaurant five nights a week. You know, it's about cutting down and ultimately eliminating things that you ultimately don't need. And the way you would decide if you want to eliminate something is you say, hey, does this ultimately make me more happy with or without it? Because sometimes you buy something and it makes you extremely happy for a day or two and then it just becomes junk taking up space in your room. From that point on, I would argue that, you know, once again, at that point, it's trash or garbage and it would do much better to go to a Goodwill, a church or even the dumpster. Right. So all of a sudden, I'm able to buy watches whenever I want. I'm able to buy shoes whenever I want. In February, I uh, had a double hernia surgery. I was able to uh, pay my copay without stressing at all. And then, you know, after your copay, you you know, you still have to pay a, you know, 70-30 split in my case. I'm not sure we have the best insurance here at Voice America, but 
that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I hope my boss didn't hear that. I'm not complaining, sir. I really am not. Um, but uh, I was also able to pay my overall hospital bill and everything. So, you know, about five or six grand worth of bills altogether uh, for, my, for my stay in the hospital and my robotic surgery, which by the way, I had robotic double hernia surgery and you would never know the size of my three scars they did across my tummy and lower abdomen are each about the size of a Tic Tac, maybe a little bit longer, but literally about the, the width of a Tic Tac. I mean, just amazing what they can do with surgery nowadays. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Kaizen and how if you implement it now, it can do amazing things for you starting tomorrow. So we'll be right back. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. When it comes to financial planning, most of us would probably rather have a root canal. Math, budgets, keeping ourselves and our loved ones secure after retirement, planning for retirement, risk, reward, and the like. How do you find the answers you need? Tune into Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina. They'll help you feel more secure in your investments and your future. Listen every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you tired of feeling disconnected and shut down? Since every choice has ripple effects, lasting happiness is a product of the choices we make each day. Tune in to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmsted introduced you to authors, musicians, artists, and innovators, all actively engaged in designing a world that works for everyone. Make sure you're along for the ride, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. For tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. And we're back. I hope you enjoy those commercials. You know those commercials that play are shows that I produce. I'm an executive producer. So if you ever want to help me indirectly, not only watching Jesse Jameson and friends, but 
check out some of my shows like Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly and Darren Yancey's show. And you can check out um, Josh Cohen. There's a bunch of them. They play on my commercial break. Check them out. They're really excellent hosts and they usually have some really good information to share. So imagine a bed being made every morning. And let's talk a little math. You look, you sit on your clean made bed and you look around and you've got a bunch of stuff. It doesn't necessarily look like trash, but it is kind of cluttered, right? And we put a number to it. You've got 38 objects. And out of those 38 objects, you're only making use out of a dozen of them. So you subtract the 12 from 38, it leaves 26 objects. And then you make it your goal in a Kaizen one little baby step at a time to eliminate those 26 objects one at a time. And you can take it as slow as you want, baby. So if you want to take care of one object an hour, in the next day or two, your room will be free of those 26 cluttering objects. If you want to do one you know, object a week, well, then you're only 26 weeks or basically six months away from having a clutter-free room. And you can do this with every single room in your house. You know, one of the things that we have at my house that I can't stand is we have mismatched towels. And I mean badly. It's not like we have blue and then some gray. Everybody has that, right? But we have blue, gray, red, beige, uh, purple ones that have a hole right in the middle. And it's like, why don't we get rid of this stuff? It's like a plague that, that infects our brains here in my family. And so what I wanted to do and what I've started doing in the upstairs bathroom was I slowly but surely went and got brand new gray towels and then the same design but in uh, beige or, and, then, and then blue, I got, uh, I got them. But not to keep them out at the same time, mix, you know, mismatched. I, I have the beige ones out, and then when I'm washing them, I, I switch to the gray. And when I'm washing them, you know, I, I switch to the blue, and I, I always, you know, keep them the same color. So it goes with the hand towels, the bath towels, etc. Right. And then, believe it or not, the bathroom upstairs, I did a shower curtain that has those three colors, and then it matches the carpeting and, and what have you, the carpets that I have on the hardwood floor upstairs. So it looks, it looks really, really good, but that doesn't mean that the downstairs bathroom is where we want it to be. But let's say your bathroom's the same way. You and I could work together and, and, and make this goal together and, and kind of go through it together. So I have a purple towel downstairs as we speak that literally has a hole in the middle and it's like, what the heck is this thing doing here? And then I have a brown towel that looks like it has an ungodly stain where it's like, why would you ever want to use that towel again? What I'm going to do this weekend is I'm going to eliminate those two towels. They're not good enough to donate. It would be sad to donate something like that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw those two away and then I'm going to go to Walmart and I'm going to buy a gray set. A gray set is like, you know, basically I'm going to get three bath towels, uh, two hand towels, uh, and maybe maybe I'll even get the matching soap holder and, and toothbrush holder. You know, who knows? And trash can, right? But, I, but however many towels I get, uh, I'm going to throw away three old towels. And then what I might do differently than upstairs is I might just the following week get another set of gray. I might just stay with one color or maybe two, right? So I can switch from gray to maybe beige 
uh, or blue or red or whatever, but I'm not going to mix, miss and mix match them again. God, why can't I say mix match? It's not a difficult word. Jesus. Anyway, I think you know what I'm saying. So imagine every day you're making your bed. You're slowly but surely cleaning out those objects that you've been honest with yourself about and you're not using. You're not buying new stuff. Well, what's that mean? Well, what that means is if you're not buying stuff, you're naturally saving money. You know, you love your Starbucks, but isn't Starbucks like six or seven or eight dollars every single time you go and you're going two or three times a week, sometimes more? My goodness, if you could just treat yourself to that once every two weeks, you're automatically saving, what, 50 or 60 bucks a month, five or 600 bucks a year. You could invest that into an IRA account and deduct that off of your income. There's so many ways you could go, or you could go Roth and make it where all the interest you get is free and in the clear. You know, as long as you don't touch it till you're 59 and a half or whatever the rules are, I'm not a financial guy. I'm just trying to say there's little things that can turn into huge things, right? That's why when people's babies are born, they get that Gerber baby policy for a buck 29 a month. And then when the kid's 18 years, they get college out of it. Or if they die, the parents get 20 grand. And it's like, ooh, Joey and Edith got 20 grand for little Bobby's passing. You know, stuff like that, right? So imagine once again, you clean your, uh, you make your bed every morning. You clean out your car. You make this promise that, hey, I'm not going to eat fast food. You start giving stores like Goodwill or the secondhand thrift store in your neighborhood a chance. But instead of driving there, you walk. When you're outside, you get a little sun, so it makes your skin look a little tan and you get a little vitamin D, which has got to be a good thing, right? in moderation. You don't want to get a sunburn and get, you know, cancerous lesions and blame it on Jesse Jameson and friends. That's for darn sure. But um, if you would have done this like I would, or I have, then all of a sudden you've got some pretty good money and savings that you can do with. And more importantly, even if there's nothing on the horizon that you want to do, we all know that sometime in the future, we might have an emergency. A car might need a repair, a child might need a loan for their rent, who knows, a child might just need money, you know how children are, they always need money, right? Uh, you might have a hospital bill that comes up like I did, and it's just really awesome stress-wise on your life if you have the money to take care of those things, and you don't have to worry about taking out a loan or anything. By the way, I haven't had a credit card in like 15 years, and that wasn't by choice, that kind of happened because, you know, what can you do when you're totally broke and they take them away from you? But it is a choice when you're not broke to decide if you're going to get them back. And I decided that I would rather be my own credit card by putting money in my own savings out of each paycheck. And I recommend that you ultimately do that too. And if you want my strategy for how to get out of credit card debt, listen to the last show. Basically, I believe in a snowball effect like Dave Ramsey, where if you start at your small bills and eliminate them, it creates more freed up income to go for the medium bills. You eliminate them. It creates more income to go for the larger bills. You eliminate them. And then, you know, you make yourself a promise not to get 
into credit card debt anymore. And you can do that with cars as well. So if you have a car that's 30 grand and you can somehow save a hundred bucks a week, you could save up for five or six years and then buy that car. Wait a minute, Jesse, that sounds hokey. Yes. But if you really get good at minimalism, you might be able to save two or $300 a week and buy that car in, you know, maybe a year and a half uh, with cash and save the interest and start making money your friend instead of your strategic enemy the way it is maybe now. Um, so let's, let's keep it on your health as well. So what I started doing was I started eliminating sugar from my life. I started walking to the goodwill, but that as you might've taken from my story, be started becoming a one hour walk every day to work. Now, um, I don't necessarily walk before work. I walk in the evening simply because I live in Arizona. Sometimes I'm really tired in the morning. We're in the evening. I have to walk in the evening because it's 104 degrees out this time of year, which is kind of miserable. But when the sun goes down and it gets closer to 82, 83, it's really enjoyable to go for a walk at night. So let's talk calisthenics. All of a sudden, a daily walk started becoming 20 lunges. 20 push-ups and I believe it or not before my surgery I was doing some pull-ups but since my surgery I haven't uh, even really been doing the squats the lunges the push-ups or the sit-ups but I'm a big believer in calisthenics and I'm a big believer that Kaizen can create a situation where you can really implement calisthenics to its finest so you'll ever see some people and they look really ripped they've got the pecs and the six-pack going and you ask them what's your secret it's not uncommon for them to say well i try to do 100 push-ups every day right well if you or i try to do 100 push-ups every day we're going to feel like our arms are made of clay right and we're going to feel like crap because we can't do that at least not in one shot but you could divvy up 100 into five sets of 20 or 10 sets of 10. And you could always start in a Kaizen way by just doing five or 10 push-ups a day. And then one to two weeks later, you up that to, you know, 10 to 12 push-ups a day. And you can get to the point where ultimately you end up doing 100 push-ups a day. And what happens is when you do calisthenics and you eliminate sugars from your life, and you start to get rid of clutter that's in between your ears as well as in your life, you know, physically with all the junk and stuff, all of a sudden your body really starts to change. So at the beginning of the uh, COVID uh, pandemic and the stay at home order, I was about 195 pounds. Then I got to about 160 for my surgery, really good shape. And, um, and now I'm about 175 because I recently started eating sweets again and I haven't been able to do my calisthenics, but I am doing my walk and I feel like I have a mastery over sweets so I can take them or leave them. It's just right now I'm in a, let's take them and enjoy them. I have a box of uh, cherry turnovers behind me. Right now there's somebody pausing this. They're going to go and get a bowl of cereal. I can tell, right? I love cereal too. I kind of a sucker for Captain Crunch with crunch berries and fruity pebbles. I've really been eating a lot of sugar lately. Anyway, that's going to stop. But here's the cool thing with Kaizen. I can have a plan with that. So what I could do is I could say, okay, I've been drinking a lot of orange juice. Now, some people out there will say, hey, orange juice is good for you. Yeah, but if you're trying to quit sweets, at least get rid of it temporarily, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to eliminate uh, orange juice, just drink water. And then uh, what I'm going to do next is instead of buying 
uh, cherry turnovers. I'm going to, uh, well, I might still buy them and go real slow with it and start splitting them with my grandmother and mom. <laughs> so instead of eating four in the box by myself, I'll just eat one of them. Uh, and then ultimately, I'll slowly but surely eliminate the Fruity Pebbles and uh, Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. It's got to be Crunch Berries, right? And I'll eliminate that for more of like a rice checks or even cornflakes. I'm a firm believer that if you eat something such as rice checks or cornflakes with just milk, it does have a little bit of natural sugars from the milk. And I think there's, you know, three or four grams in the cornflakes. But when you're eating that after you just ate crunch berries the previous month, it basically tastes like no sugar. And believe it or not, your body will treat it as if there's very little sugar because you will lose weight. You won't gain weight that way. Um, basically, I found that when you eliminate sugar, at first you, you're, you can't notice a difference. And then three or four weeks later, your pants are falling off because you just you lose weight so quickly. So uh, I'll keep you posted. Uh, throughout the upcoming weeks and months on how I'm losing weight. But just know I'm not fat by any means. It's just basically I started eating sugar and haven't been doing my calisthenics. But that was out of fear. I didn't want to mess up anything with my surgery. By the way, my surgery went stunningly well. I uh, didn't even have to take one painkiller. Knock on wood, I'm not bragging. So if you uh, do a hernia surgery and you have to take a painkiller, don't feel bad. You know, I, I almost did, but I just toughed it out with ibuprofen. So um, imagine you're walking and maybe even on the weekends you decide that, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take a two-hour walk and you're drinking water and you've eliminated sugar and because of minimalism, you've eliminated the clutter. Your car actually looks like a new car, which it is because you're no longer leaving a bunch of McDonald's junk in it, right? And now you've got a bunch of nice new clothes because you've given the Goodwill a chance or you've at least taken some time off of going to the mall and wasting your money. Remember what I said last week, you don't have to make minimalism a lifelong decision. You can make it a temporary thing for three or four months just to get right back on track. And then you can go right back into your spending crazy money ways, whatever. We don't learn from our mistakes. I don't care. But I think you should at least try it temporarily because if it does succeed, even in the temporary, you'll always know in the future that you can use it to succeed again. Because the reality is not everybody has the want to retire rich or to get debt free uh, or to get to the point where they have a certain number in their bank account. Some things like that don't make everybody happy. Some people really do get happy from shopping. And I believe I am and I was and I always have been one of those people. I'm not necessarily a hardcore shopping addict where you're going to see me on QVC or anything, but I usually spend a couple hours a week on eBay. <laughs> so I guess that's the same thing, right? But um when I went and lost the snobbiness and decided that I was going to give Goodwill a chance, I found uh, that I was able to get really good clothes. And I don't know, I just really feel like I've upgraded to like Jesse 2.0. And I feel like my next step is Jesse 3.0. So I'm just, I'm really excited about that. And it was just little tiny things. I never would have thought that a YouTube video would really change my life. And it was only like a seven minute video and it basically was just saying, hey, you can't run a four-minute mile tomorrow, but whatever you do run today, you could get a little bit faster this time next week. You could get to the point where, even though you might never get a four-minute mile, you can at least get to the point where you're the fastest you. And that's kind of how money and financing and life, when it comes to minimalism and Kaizen, 
that's kind of how it works and how it goes hand in hand. If you want to shop, I think you could still enjoy shopping at a Goodwill. If you want to shop and you're shopping every week, I think you could enjoy it if you made it an every other week thing. And then through Kaizen, slowly made that every week thing a once a month thing. And then a once every other month thing. You know, gets to the point where one of the bills you pay along with Visa and MasterCard every month is to your bank or savings account. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to finish up my thoughts on Kaizen. We'll be right back. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you ever been interested in technology or the application? Technology is always changing and there is definitely a place for you in it. Listen for Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. Sharon and her guests teach you the skill set and present resources that help you incorporate and enhance technological know-how in your current career as well as prepare you for future success. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. And we're back for the final segment about Kaizen. So next week, we're going to talk about stoicism the subtle art of who gives a crap because let's face it when we're talking about walking instead of going to the gym and when we're talking talking about doing calisthenics instead of wasting money on weights and going to the gym which is not wasting money if you're capable of you know using a gym membership but you know a lot of people get it and they end up paying for nothing because they never end up going and then have you ever heard how hard it is to cancel these gym memberships? I hear nightmares all the time that this company billed me X amount of hundreds of dollars when I tried canceling. I mean, that's a pain in the butt that you don't have to worry about if you're willing to walk or swim at your own house or do push-ups and sit-ups. You can do that stuff for free, right? And when you go to Goodwill and you decide that I'm not going to spend money on fast food anymore or I'm not going to spend money or, or, or keep fast food in my car, or I'm not going to do this or that. There's going to be people that make fun of you. 
they might not make fun of you in a big major way. There's going to be people that shake their head and say, my God, you're really changing a lot of things in your life. Is it worth it, Joey? Is it worth it, Brenda? And that's where stoicism comes into effect. There has to be a piece of you that says, I don't care what other people think. I don't care if people hate that I don't want to go to the new movie. I want to go to the $2, you know, movie. You know, when I was younger, it was like a dollar. And then it went up to like a dollar seventy-five, and it's probably like five or six bucks now, but it still beats, you know, the $12 ticket or whatever, right? But there's people out there that they want to go see the new movie right when it comes out, or they want to get the pay-per-view movie, you know? And I guess what I'm advocating is, you know, everybody wants that, but nobody really needs that, right? And so if you're afraid of how people are going to look at you if all of a sudden you cheapen up, so to speak, that's where stoicism comes into effect. It's that subtle art of, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. This is something I'm doing for myself. And I don't want to get too much into stoicism because I'll be getting into that for the following show, part three of this series, and how once again it blends together with the minimalism and the, uh, the Kaizen. But let's stick with the Kaizen real, real quick because I think it's honestly the most powerful. Um, just as I said at the beginning of the show with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno, they didn't become world-class bodybuilders and huge towers of muscle overnight. It was a process that started with a first step. And this is where I'm imploring you to go ahead and do this first step with me. Because this isn't something that, you know, I started uh, five or six years ago and I quit. You know, this is something that I'm doing continuously. And I think, can't guarantee, but I think I'm going to do it for relatively speaking the rest of my life. Now, there's some people that naturally do this. It's the person that naturally says, hey, whatever amount of money I make, I'm going to spend less than I make. And if I do that continuously, eventually I'm going to have quite a bit of money saved up. Uh, to back me up in my bank account. And it's really true, right? If you make a grand a week and you only spend 500 a week and you do that religiously, you know, you're putting $500 a week into savings. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that make a grand a week saying, who the heck has 500 a week for savings? I'm, I'm not, I'm just giving that as an example. But if you make a grand a week and you only spend 900 of it and you're able to consistently save that extra 100, you know, no matter how you slice or dice it, that's 5,200 bucks a year. Um, that's $52,000 a decade and I'm 44. So if I had done that since I was, uh, you know, 20, I would have, you know, quite a bit more money than I, than I do now. I don't want to embarrass myself with that, but the reality is a lot of people are in my spot where in their forties, they're just starting to accumulate their savings or their wealth. So I don't think there's anything wrong with wherever you are. And if you're listening to this at the age of 50, I think you could still apply these and I behoove you or it behooves you to, I don't even know if that's a word the way I said it, but I think you should really take stock in this. We can do this together. So we can wake up tomorrow and we can say, by golly, I'm going to take Jesse's advice and I'm going to make my bed. I'm going to take stock of all the crap in my room that's just cluttering. And if I like it or not, if I'm not using it, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to get to the point where my brain has less to process and think about. That way, when I do have something important to process and think about, I can focus on it, such as that emergency double hernia bill like I had. 
where all of a sudden you get your big doctor bill because believe me, I, I still think a $5,000 bill is big, right? But when you can pay it in one chunk and you don't lose sleep over it, it sure does feel a lot better than, you know, many stories I've heard in the day where people say, hey, I've got $18,000 worth of doctor bills and I'm not going to be able to go on vacation for the rest of my life. Well, it doesn't have to be that way if you start to plan and prepare now, even if you are in your 50s. So the first thing you need to do is stop your spending, get rid of your clutter. If you can walk to a store and go and get your groceries daily, do that. It'll make you healthier and it'll save wear and tear on your vehicle. And if you can get in a situation where your boss is uh, awesome enough to let you work from home, take advantage of that. That's going to save you gas. It's going to get you an extra hour of sleep each day because you don't have to wake up so early to prepare for a car ride into work. And uh, that's going to be extra money that, once again, you can put into your savings. You can take uh, once a month to maybe go shopping. Um, you can still hit your goals without giving up all of your loves. Um, so remember, uh, minimalism is, is not necessarily, you know, just living in a cave like a hermit doing nothing. There's a lot of minimalists out there that live very fun, spectacular lives, but they choose where they're going to allocate their funds and they try to use strategy and thought behind everything that they do. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't be spontaneous and that you have to lose your spontaneity because you don't. What it simply means is that if you start implementing these things and planning and saving more money than you're spending, then whenever you do have that big decision like a vacation or a trip or a present that you want to buy for the kids that's kind of pricey, you can do it. You know, when my son or daughter calls and they say, Dad, I need to borrow X amount of money, luckily I haven't had to say no. The problem with not saying no, though, is that you start saying yes all the time like I am. And then before you know it, your son or daughter is calling you every other week like I'm getting. They should be calling me telling me that they love me because I'm an awesome dad, not can I get some gas money from you? <laughs> but, you know. My son's in college and he needs gas money. By golly, I'm going to send him some gas money. And yes, I'll send him enough where he can get a pizza with his buddy as well, right? Because that's what a good dad does, pizza and gas money, okay? And if they want to go on a date or whatever, you know, maybe you throw them a 50, okay? Through Zelle. Don't ever let them see you open your wallet and see all the cash in it. That's just asking for trouble. You Zelle them payments so they can't see what you're dealing with. Never brag to them about how good you're saving money because all they're going to do is call you more and ask you for more gas and pizza. It's killing me. I love you, son, in case you're listening to this. and You deserve it. Keep up the good work down there at the U of A. <laughs> my daughter's married, so she doesn't ask me for anything. Um, she's my princess. She's a good one. But um, once again, in summary, because I started with minimalism and the want to get out of debt, I knew that I had to make a plan. And I wanted a more complex plan than, you know, I make this amount of money, I'm going to spend this, and this is my savings. That's kind of a budget. And people seem to hate doing their budget. So what I'm saying is, more than likely you love shopping now, more than likely you have credit card debt now, why don't we make a plan to eliminate it once and for all? Because if we really focus on it, we can probably do it a lot quicker or faster than we think we can. But we have to, we have to 
take some time on it. And that's where the walking in the morning or the evening comes into effect. Most of my great plans that I come up with, and when I say great plans, I don't want you to think I'm an Einstein because I think if you listen to my show, you'll know that I'm not an Einstein. But when you walk, your blood is flowing. You're getting vitamin D if the sun's out, if the if the sun is down and you're getting a cool breeze, you're getting, I don't know, I don't know, what are those good hormones that are going through you? Pheromones or whatever. You're getting good vibes going through your body, right? And when you're able to walk by yourself, you get moments of clarity and you can come up with battle plans, so to speak. Here's a little trick I do that I think you should too. Before I go to bed, if I have a real dilemma or problem that I want to solve, I literally ask my brain right before I go to bed, I say, hey, let's come up with an idea that we haven't thus far that, that can fix this problem. So if I need to come up with, you know, $1,000, just to give you an example of one, you know, let me come up with an idea that'll make getting that $1,000 more doable. And then you go to sleep and you'll be amazed. Your brain will come up with weird ideas and it might be three or four days later, it might be three or four weeks later, but you'll be on a walk and that idea that problem-solving solution will come to you. It's magical. If it does come to you, I want you to shoot me an email. <laughs> Let me know about it. If you have been trying to implement some minimalism or some Kaizen, if you haven't really ever thought of the ideas that I've thrown your way and you decide to give them a try and then you go to the Goodwill and you are amazed because you were able to get some great clothes for that upcoming job interview and you ended up landing the job, please share it with me. I'd love to have you on the show so maybe you can share how it's affecting your life. On the other end, if you've been doing this for years like I have and you've gotten to the point where you went from, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in debt to the other way where you actually have some money once again please share that with me and if you've taken it to the extreme where you're a self-made millionaire and you haven't had to work forever definitely tell us right and we'll uh, definitely share it with people but the reality is we live in a world where you know only one or two people out of a hundred or out of a thousand are really significantly succeeding in life and a lot of people that do have money and maybe have a very immaculately clean car and house are not necessarily always happy. So when I'm talking about eliminating bills and doing things, I'm not necessarily saying that those things will make you happy. But if having bills and clutter makes you miserable like it did me and having no money makes you miserable like it did me, then you know the obvious solution is to get rid of the clutter and the bills and start saving and you know using money rather than you know feeling abused by, by money. Um, you know, so once again, it all boils down to a plan. If you don't plan, then basically you're going to get the same result that you already have. But these are little things that if you try them, they're kind of like I said at the end of last week's show, they're kind of pussyfooting around, right? There are some people that say, hey, if you're going to go to the gym and work out, go get a gym membership and go and work out for an hour or two a day. Let's get real about this, right? But the reality is, if you can't take a walk, and if you can't do some push-ups and sit-ups, you aren't going to succeed with a gym membership either. And if you can't go and buy some clothes at Goodwill or actually just buy no clothes at all for a while till you get your finances under control, then you weren't going to succeed whether you went to Goodwill or not. You know, so the reality is these are things that 
if you're not willing to try them and you're not willing to try stuff that's even more difficult, then you're always going to wish you had more money or wish, you know, you could go on a vacation or wish that your house or your car was cleaner, right? I even like that movie or that show Hoarders. I don't like that show because the times I see it, it just kind of disgusts me. They always find a dead animal or a mountain of poop or something somewhere in the closet. It's always pretty gross, right? But mathematically speaking, that would be a fun challenge to eliminate in a slower way than the way they do it on the show. The way they do it on the show is they basically have the person staring at their their product or their life as the people throw it away and tell them it's trash. This is dirty, Edith. Can we throw it away? And then Edith says, no, I love that. It has sentimental value. Well, Edith, you've said that about every piece of trash. I mean, everything in your house, right? It's one of those things, right? So the reality is if you went into Edith's house, because I've watched Hoarders, you could say, hey, let's start with this bathroom. And each day we're going to clean, you know, I don't know, in, in Hoarder's case, you'd probably want to clean one or two pounds of trash a day and hope within the next decade the house is clean, right? But here's a cool thing. With hoarders, not only are they living in trash, but they're adding to that trash daily because they can't use their kitchen anymore. So they're going to get fast food and then they're just throwing the trash on the ground. And why are they doing that? Is it because they're trashy people? No, it's because there's so much trash on the ground already. What's the point? So they give up, right? But they could reverse that. They could say, hey, whatever trash we get, we're going to take it immediately to the dumpster so it's not a part of our house. And then mathematically, we're going to start with the bathrooms. We're going to each clean one pound a day. There's four of us that live here, right? And within a month, we'll have two clean bathrooms. And then after that, and we're going to continue not to add new trash, but after that, we're going to go to the closets, and we're going to throw away all the stuff in the closets, right? And you could mathematically get to the point where even a house that's really bad, like those on hoarders, could get cleaned up. So if you're a super mess and you're listening to this now, start with your car. Don't, don't eat any more fast food in it. Don't use it as a laundry bin anymore for your dirty clothes, right? I don't even know how the heck I got dirty clothes in my car, but either way, they were in there, right? And, and you're no different because I've seen some dirty cars. They have amazing junk in them, right? But you can slowly but surely get to the point where your car is totally spotless on the, out, on the inside. Once again, on the outside, if you live in Arizona like I do, you're going to get dust spots. It, it is what it is. But even that, you could once a week make a declaration, hey, I'm going to pull out a hose and wash my car, or I'm going to drive it through the car wash for, I don't know, what is it, five or six bucks for a weekly car wash and keep it clean, right? You could kaizen that, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I want you to think about these things. And after you do the car, go to your bathroom, clean out your bathroom. You've got five bars of soap there in the dish. Throw them all out, okay? Go in your bathroom. You've got four bottles of shampoo that are all half empty. Two of them you haven't used in over a year. Throw those bad boys away. And when you get a brand new bottle of shampoo, go ahead and throw the other ones away too. Just have a nice clean bathroom. Then do that with your closet. Then do that with your bedroom. Then do that with your kitchen, so forth and so on. And another way you can really improve your life is to listen to your good buddy, Jesse Jameson, and his show, Jesse Jameson and Friends, again next week when we finish off this three-part uh, series with stoicism, which is my favorite part. It's the subtle art of who gives a shit?
Oh my God, I finally said shit. Forgive me. Don't tell my boss. He doesn't listen to the show. Anyway, we'll see you guys again next week on Jesse Jameson with Friends. Until then. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Be sure to tune in again next week for another great story. Jesse Jameson and Friends is heard every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Jesse Jameson and Friends is a proud presentation of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. All rights reserved.